Rojbaş, this is the Kurdish edition podcast and I'm your host Sardar Saadi. Welcome back. This is the second part of uh, the third episode of the Kurdish edition podcast uh, and my interview with Professor Yus Jungarden about the history of the Kurdistan Workers Party, the PKK. Uh, we ended the first part uh, talking about the uh, uh, 1990s uh, where we have uh, a huge, massive destruction of uh, uh, Kurdistan by military operations. And it's very interesting that it started with negotiation efforts by uh, Turgut Uzal, uh, uh, the Turkish president at the beginning of 1990s. So the beginning of the 1990s, we have the collapse of uh, uh, the socialist bloc and the world uh, with the fall of the Soviet Union. How did it uh, affect uh, uh, the PKK and its politics and uh, even accepting negotiation with the Turkish state, uh, which they basically identify that as a colonial uh, state. I think when we look to the uh, PKK that we see a movement which is constantly trying to renew itself mm -hmm. and constantly to, to, to learn from uh, mistakes. And the PKK is a movement which tries to learn from defeat and they also try to learn from the defeat by the movement uh, which was led or symbolized by Mahir Chayan and, and by the one uh, by Denis uh, Gershmiz and uh, Ibrahim Kapaya. Um, and one of the things they said at that time is that when these movements were established, they, they rushed into action. And before they could establish themselves firmly, also among the population, they were crushed. So this also explains why the PKK took a very long time to organize itself, to create coherence, to create a popular base before they entered into a direct confrontation with the state. Mm -hmm. If you go for the direct confrontation, you have to be strong. So okay. that was what they learned from the 1960s, 70s when they were established. In the 1980s, 90s, we see that the PKK again looked at the revolutionary movements around the world and of course also to what was referred to as real existing socialism. And they said, well, if you look to these revolutionary movements from Vietnam to Angola to Mozambique, they did not bring what they promised. And you could not say, you cannot say that they failed. I mean, Vietnam has been liberated and Angola has been liberated and, and Zimbabwe, but they didn't bring they didn't realize the promises from which they started. And also when you look to the real existing socialism, it's not really socialism. We have the very strong state bureaucracies, which are in a contradictory or antagonistic position with their population. So they started to revise or to look at the history of this, uh, of this movement and of real existing socialism in order to learn why they did not bring what they should have brought and to learn in a sense from the bad side of history or to learn from uh, defeat. Um, 
what we also see is that they critically look at their own history. In the 1990s, we see that many people, in particular students, that they start to join the PKK. They come to the mountains. And we have in the mountains commanders like Shemdin uh, Sakuk, who thought that women are not suitable for armed struggle. So many of the students, the, the, the women students who came to the mountains, they received a few days or weeks of training and then they were sent back and many of them were arrested. So Ergelan uh, and others within the movement criticized this as a bad side of the movement, as a reason for, let's say, defeat and reorganized themselves and here we see the uh, the emergence of separate uh, women units armed units and a separate in the end also in fact guerrilla organization and uh, party formation of women within the Kurdish PKK uh, movement so, so what we constantly see is the is the is the learning from bad sides or the learning from defeat in order to renew itself so in 1990s uh, we have the state of exception of course state of emergency in Kurdistan that started in 1987 and lasted for uh, 15 years until 2002 uh, maybe just to give a little bit of background uh, into uh, like how uh, Kurdistan was basically uh, destroyed by these military operations and uh, I know that this is part of your research in Kurdistan what happened during that time uh, if you want basically give a little bit well what, what we see in the beginning is um, in the beginning and that's since let's say 86 87 when we see the first uh, evacuation destruction and burning of villages that it happens in a context of uh, of revenge of the uh, of the military um, to villagers who are allegedly giving support to the PKK. What we see later, I think, is a systematic strategy to depopulate the countryside as a means to make it more difficult for the PKK to move. Because one of the strengths of the of the of the of the guerrilla warfare of the PKK was its ability to move, to move swiftly, and through movement, uh, exercise control. So the strategy of the army was to make movement by the guerrilla more difficult, and they did that by evacuating in a systematic way the countryside, except for those who wanted to become village guards or basically paramilitary in support of the uh, of the state. Um, so this, uh, this 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 strategy to make movement of the guerrilla more difficult uh, resulted of course in the destruction of thousands of rural settlements and the forced ev evacuation of, well, the, 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 the lower estimations are one million, but possibly f that up to four million uh, people in the, uh, in the countryside in, uh, in Kurdistan. Um, the first, in the first part of our interview, you mentioned 
this development project by uh, the government, the GAP, Güneydoğu Güney Anadolu project, which is uh, Southern Anatolia. Uh, how did that uh, help the government to reestablish its uh, hegemony in Kurdistan? Well, what we see at the, at the moment that the evacuations uh, start, we see also that, uh, uh, parallel to that, uh, there are discussions about uh, the possibility of people to return, but to return in, an, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a context uh, which is determined uh, by, the, uh, by the state. And the idea, basically, the idea is to, uh, to construct settlements of larger size near to urban centers. Um, this is um, discussed from a perspective of control. If you have larger settlements near to urban centers, you, can, you are able to better control a population. But I think it's also discussed from a perspective of assimilation. And for that we have to understand, let's say, the mindset of politicians in, uh, in, uh, in Turkey. Um, and this is very strongly based, and I mentioned it before, that the Kurdish issue is an issue of backwardness. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a product of the of so-called underdevelopment of backwardness of the society in the southeast of Turkey. Yeah. And at the moment that you are able to bring modernization or to bring development, that uh, people will also Turkify. I think it's also very strongly present in the work of uh, Zia Gukop. Mm -hmm. Zia Gukop, he, he argued that uh, at, uh, at the countryside, people who are settled there will Kurdify, but those who go to the cities will Turkify. And so, Zia Gukop is the main theorician of the Yeah, Turkish he's one of the main uh, ideologues of uh, theoricians of, uh, of Turkey's uh, nationalism. And the idea, I think, was to, if, you, if you create larger settlements near urban centers, that this will contribute to Turkification, assimilation of the population. So when the, when the evacuation of rural settlements uh, occurs, the ideas or the plans for a resettlement um, took place against that background of control and uh, assimilation. Very interesting. Uh, and then, uh, of course, in 1999, Ojalan was abdicated and the whole new process started uh, uh, in the Kurdish region of Turkey and within the PKK. A lot of transformations happen, ideological, political transformations happen. Uh, uh, how, did, how did it start? Like, was it like right? after Ojalan went to prison and was it an uh, outcome of the uh, regime of imprisonment that was imposed on Ojalan or was this kind of ideological transformation already happening in the PKK as you mentioned about their ability, uh, the capacity to learn from the other experiences? Well, when, when Ojalan was arrested, it, I think this created a huge sense of demoralization within the Kurdish movement, uh, tremendously. Uh, 
and um, but we also saw that uh, that that Ugelan made uh, calls for uh, for peace for peace process that Ugelan made calls for withdrawal of the guerrilla from uh, from Turkey or the uh, beyond the international borders in, uh, in in southern Kurdistan northern Iraq and uh, that this withdrawal process resulted in in, in huge losses uh, many many people who were in the process of withdrawing, many guerrilla uh, were killed by the army when they tried to reach uh, bases in, uh, in northern Iraq. You also mentioned the transformation in which the PKK, uh, which took place within the PKK after the arrest of Öcalan uh, and which maybe became more articulated after 2004-2005. Um, well, that process of change that has its backgrounds, uh, of course, already to the to, what in the 1980s and the 19 uh, and, and the 1990s. If you read, uh, for example, the first uh, of May uh, speeches by uh, by Öcalan in the in the 1980s or the second half of the 1980s, from 1985 onwards, you see that he is uh, is very strongly criticizing uh, the, the the real existing socialism, as it's called and um, that he's also criticizing in those texts the concept of the state mm -hmm. um, and that becomes more important after his uh, uh, arrest or, or his kidnapping uh, and uh, when he is uh, yeah, uh, confined in the, uh, in the prison island of uh, Imrali um, after 2000 he starts to uh, to engage more uh, in depth with his uh, critique uh, on the state, the critique on the state, which already goes back to the uh, the second half of the 1980s, mm -hmm. and it's also in during that time that uh, he is uh, he is developing a a new political perspective, mm -hmm. uh, which is based on a strengthening of society against the state. Yeah. So the main objective of the of a political movement or the main objective of the PKK is not to become the state but it becomes the strengthening of society and the capacity or capacities of society to govern itself against the state but his wasn't his first step his, his first uh, step in this uh, uh, move toward transformation uh, toward creating a democratic republic like the first defense was uh, actually about uh, mm -hmm. democratization of uh, Turkish Republic uh, later on it uh, turned into a democratic modernity and democratic confederalism is that right yeah well I think you see in the in the beginning we see three concepts emerging uh, democratic republic democratic autonomy and democratic confederalism and I think more or less in the in the same in the same span of time mm -hmm. and democratic of confederalism and democratic autonomy are much more related to the governing capacities of people themselves mm -hmm. and the right of people to mm -hmm. govern themselves while democratic republic is oriented towards the state and um, to um, to develop a, a kind of a civic notion of uh, of the state. Um, so th these three concepts they emerge at uh, at the same time. 
one in a sense you could say to reform the state and to create a different kind of state and the others to um, develop strengthen capacities of people to govern themselves um, i think that uh, democratic autonomy and democratic confederalism which are very strongly about the capacity of people to govern themselves uh, is is enabled uh, when you have a state which um, is a civic state and which is a state which allows for decentralization and that has also been one of the I think main main objectives of uh, the, 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 the DATEP and, and, and BDP and HDP uh, and these in, are the last years, uh, the legal political parties. Yeah. Um, um, a process in which you aim at a civic definition of, uh, of citizenship and decentralization, which are, I think, very well compatible with strengthening of the self-governing capacities of uh, people themselves. So we see that emerging in, uh, I think, in 2003, four, five, um, from the writings of Eugelan, uh, and which is at first um, received um, differently within the PKK itself, um, but slowly becoming um, the organizing principle of the movement. Mm -hmm. And then we have this uh, change of names in the PKK, uh, those first Kadek, uh, the uh, Democracy and Freedom Congress of Kurdistan, and then Kongragel, the People's Congress, and then KJK, which is uh, the uh, Kurdistan Communities Union, uh, and different parties for different uh, parts of uh, Kurdistan so there is a uh, like huge diversification of uh, different parties different groups different uh, uh, associations uh, where right now in Rojava uh, we can see uh, that for each uh, section of society they have different uh, groups different uh, community organizations uh, was all of that uh, predicted or uh, envisioned by Ojalan in these writings? Or was it like later on with the developments of the political developments of the Middle East that uh, this happened? Well, we see, of course, constantly an engagement with the writings of, uh, of Ojalan, who is within the movement very respected, to say the least. And... Um, um, in, in the period between 1999 and 2004-05, we see that constant change of name and a constant uh, discussion of, uh, of its politics. Uh, and then uh, eventually we see that the PKK is being, <coughs> is being re-established. Um, and this re-establishment of the PKK comes together with a split in, in a certain sense within the movement in which some of the old cadres among them, Ojilan's uh, brother him, himself, Usman Ojilan, a breakaway. Um, this period between 1999 or 2000, 2004, 5 is also a period of huge contestation. 
Öcalan defines his new form of politics, which is a, 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 a non-statist or non-state uh, politics, which is uh, by some of the old cadres within the movement not well received. They push back, they resist. They also try to turn back some of the uh, decisions which has been taken by Öcalan in the in in the past or by the PKK in the past. For example, um, the separate formation of a women's army, the, the formation of a women's party. Um, in 2003, uh, we see that uh, those who are um, who have a strong position within the uh, within the, the leadership of the PKK, that they want to reverse these decisions. Um, and uh, within the within the within the leadership of the PKK, uh, it is also decided that the decisions within the Women's Party need to be approved by the PKK leadership. So there's a reversal of uh, the the independent and separate organization of women within the PKK movement. What we see is that the women <coughs> that they that they push back and. Um, that uh, when this is being discussed within the within the movement, that um, uh, at a certain at a certain moment, uh, when this decision or the proposal of taking their autonomy, uh, that they decide uh, the women within the PKK, the guerrilla, that they decide to cut their hair, all the women, as a symbolic action. Uh, which created a huge shock within the movement and which also I think instigated a pushing back against the reversal of the politics in instigated in the past by Erdogan. We see the tensions also increasing around the ideas of democratic autonomy and democratic of, uh, confederalism, around the ideas or the engagement with the ideas of uh, Murai, uh, Murai Bukchin, eventually resulting in, 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 the, in the split within the PKK. Um, many have tried to prevent that, the split within the PKK, um, but when it occurred, we could also say that it, um, it created the possibility to move forward. I think that within 2000-2004, the PKK has been so divided internally that they had difficulties to move forward along that new paradigm. And after the breakaway of Usman Öcalan, Nizamitin Tash and others, um, they could make those steps forward. And that was a search, because the step forward meant or came also with a as you already said, a diversification of a decentralization. We see in this period that parties like uh, PYD and Pejak and, uh, and Pechadeke uh, for the different uh, regions in Syria, Iraq and Iran that they are being established. Um, we also see, or at a certain moment, uh, people tell that the movement was falling apart because there were so many autonomous organizations and a lack of coordination that it seemed as if everything would fall apart. So you mentioned the uh, this 
transformation, this major transformation in the Kurdish politics within the uh, the PKK and its uh, ideological grounds uh, in moving toward democracy or what you call in uh, in your articles with Ahmed Hamdi Akaya uh, reassembling uh, the political and uh, uh, moving toward radical democracy in a totally different notion of uh, politics that uh, we know uh, it's very kind of dominant in the left uh, in the Middle East region. Do you want to talk a little bit about what kind of, what are the basis of the radical democracy that we are talking about? What was this shift uh, in the ideological grounds of the PKK movement? Well, I think the, 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 basic, uh, the, ba the basic feature is the idea that um, um, self-determination is not something which definition is realized by becoming uh, a state and um, I think in the work of uh, Erjilan and also in the wider thinking within the PKK uh, self-determination gradually became to be defined in terms of the capability the possibility of people to have a say about their own affairs to organize themselves um, to govern themselves and um, in uh, in uh, the modern state system, uh, this capacity to govern yourself and to take decisions over your own life is often contradicted by the bureaucratic or the central state. So the state uh, is not something in which um, a self-realization -real uh, takes place, but in many cases you could see the state as something which is an oppressive institute vis-à-vis -vis people, peoples. And um, so I think this is a, is a basic feature uh, in, the, uh, in the political change of the PKK. That also means um, that the main, uh, the main objective of the PKK movement becomes to strengthen uh, societal formations or to strengthen uh, the, the many different ways in which uh, people establish themselves as, um, as, as Muslim or Christian, as woman, as, um, it, at, at the neighborhood uh, level. Um, and it's through uh, this self-organization that they think that self-determination uh, can, uh, can take place. Uh, Dugan Kalkan, I think he said it once that if you look to the societal formations 100 or 200 years ago, the state was not that uh, decisive, was not mm -hmm. that central in the lives of people. And if you look over the last 100, 200 years in the lives of people, the state has become very powerful mm -hmm. and uh, society or social groupings have become pretty weak um, in relation to the state and it's 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 it's, it's people it's the self-governing capacities which they try to strengthen at least this is the, the the thinking which underlies the ideological change within the PKK mm -hmm. uh, so the state becomes the main target target of uh, uh, the PKK uh, could we say with this shift we are 
witnessing an introduction of anarchism uh, into the PKK politics, which is for the first time, uh, I would say, in this such a in this scale, in such a scale, anarchism has been introduced to the leftist uh, politics in Kurdistan. Yeah, well, well, we 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 could we could define that uh, maybe as anarchism or um, um, recognize elements of of anarchism uh, in it, uh, but I'm not I'm not sure if it's if it's if it's anarchism. Um, what we see uh, is that uh, that Öcalan, the PKK of Öcalan, in in his writing, uh, that he refers to anarchist thinking thinkers, or maybe more in general, that he is interested in the in socialist thought uh, before it became so-called scientific. So that he goes back to utopian socialism and utopian socialists um, and um, tries to find inspiration in their, uh, in their writings. But I think that also in the writings of uh, Marx and Engels, the antagonistic position towards the state, also in the, the writing of, uh, of, of Marx on the, uh, on the uh, commune in, in Paris, and this is already present, uh, also present in uh, in Marxist uh, writing, uh, but it's very clearly that they move away from um, what we may define as um, well as as let's, let's call it economic determinism, in which um, in which everything which is not the, uh, uh, the, the let's call it in everything what is the superstructure is considered to be um, um, of a secondary importance. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's not the case uh, in, the, uh, in the thinking of the, uh, of the PKK. But we could also say uh, that this has its, has its roots or maybe can be found back in the, uh, in the early process of transformation of the PKK in which they also reject um, um, the more strict uh, class uh, thinking of orthodox uh, Marxist or communist uh, parties. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mentioned the uh, anarchism because uh, we know that this shift was influenced by uh, Murray Bookchin, but at the same time we have uh, the presence of Lachlan Maffei, we have uh, other theories like Wallerstein, uh, who Ojalan cites a lot, and Hart and Negri, so uh, there's a kind of departure from the classic uh, leftist uh, approach that we were used to in 1960s, 1970s with Maoism, with uh, Stalinism, with different uh, readings of Marxism in different uh, contexts. Do you think uh, you can't identify, give it another name if it's not anarchism. No, absolutely, and I think I think you're uh, you're right, um, and uh, we we can find these these elements in the in the thinking of the uh, of the P PKK in their ideology. The only thing what maybe is, is 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 problematic, and that's why I'm always a bit restrained to call it anarchism or something else. Is that uh, in the uh, in the in the in among the left or the progressive movements in, in Europe and in North America, 
you have somehow the 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 the, the how to call it um, but they they try to impose particular stamp on the mm -hmm. movement hey this is this is anarchist or this is stalinist or this is this is that and in, in, instead of trying to brand the movement in a term uh, you are familiar with, yeah. I, f I think that we should try to understand the movement on its own terms and mm -hmm. from its own uh, uh, way of uh, thinking and, uh, and doing. So um, th this would, would also be my invitation to anyone who is interested in what happens within the Kurdish movement or within the PKK, try to understand it from their yeah. perspective instead of trying to brand it as, well, as anarchist or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, and on the ground, uh, what we have in Kurdistan after, uh, as you mentioned, different legal parties, after 1999, uh, we have uh, the spread of the Kurdish movement into urban areas, into legal, civil society spheres, and uh, because of my own uh, research on municipality movement in uh, Kurdistan, we have this uh, uh, very serious investment in the municipalities in the Kurdish region after they won many municipalities in 1999 municipal elections. Uh, and later on, it continued with 2004, 2009, 2014 elections. Uh, and we know that Ojalan. Uh, uh, seriously uh, talked about the uh, ability, the capaci capacity of municipalities and uh, uh, urban spaces to develop this idea of democratic confederalism and uh, other ideas that were originally developed by Murai Bukchin. And I remember that he uh, even uh, advised all the Kurdish mayors to read uh, Murai Bukchin's books on libertarian municipalism is that right yeah no that's right he, he advised that uh, to the uh, to the mayors in the in the in the, uh, in the municipalities which were governed uh, by uh, dtp bdp uh, whatever the name was at the, at, the, at the time to read uh, to read bookchin um, and in that sense bookchin i think has been uh, has been important in the thinking of uh, of Erjilan. as is always as is also i think the work of well, what you mentioned it already uh, wallerstein has been important in his thinking or braudel in particular since Erjilan from the mid 80s um, started to question the role of the state and he also recognized that in the liberation movement as we discussed before and also in the in the idea of uh, realizing socialism through the state that there was something problematic and he was he was turning away from that mm -hmm. and i think that bookchin offered him a perspective to articulate his thinking um, in 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 the form of a non-state uh, democracy or non-statist uh, democracy. Can we uh, claim or suggest that the PKK uh, during this transformation was kind of ahead of the Turkish left or even the left in general in the Middle East? Like through this adaptation of new uh, thinkers in progressive uh, movements, progressive uh, the thoughts around the world 
How was the other movements uh, were doing while the PPK was engaged in this kind of, uh, as you said, sometimes very painful transformation? Well, I, w I, w I, w I would say that the, uh, the, the PKK um, has been one of the parties, there are others, or one of the movements who, uh, in, in a daring way, uh, is trying to rethink the meaning of, uh, of socialism in the contemporary world or in, 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 in these times. Uh, what we see uh, uh, with many of the leftist uh, parties or the communist parties from the, from the past, that, uh, or the older parties, that they either became orthodox and, uh, and marginal or that they became, um, in a way, liberal. And Öcalan, um, or the PKK, is one of these parties movements which um, tries to, as I said, tries to rethink, uh, to rethink socialism. Um, in that sense, I, I would say that it needs much more uh, appreciation or that it needs need much more attention in, 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 in the form of trying to understand the movement on its own terms. Mm -hmm. and also try to understand it from its, uh, its, uh, its practices. I think yeah, if, we, if, we, if we take a step back, what we, what we see in the 2000s is what we maybe may call a societal turn within the uh, PKK uh, movement. A societal turn in the sense that the orientation did not become state, or the conquering of the state, or the becoming of a state, but uh, the strengthening of all kinds of societal formations and organizations. Uh, that resulted in, uh, we could say, uh, 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 well, a mushrooming of uh, initiatives. It also resulted in, um, in, in the sense that you saw um, much more energy in the, uh, in, the, in the legal politics, in unions, in the organization of women, in the, in the youth organization, in the construction of neighborhood organi organizations, etc., etc. And this is the, you could say, the societal turn. Um, it, uh, it resulted in a considerable strengthening of the, uh, the PKK. Yeah? If you look to the, for example, to the elections over the years, you see that um, the, the legal political party, uh, Kurdish political party, uh, every election they became stronger or they yes. got more votes and more, yeah, more support. More um, so uh, the societal turn of the PKK came together with uh, a gaining of more political strength. Now what we see, uh, I, I would say, after 2015 is a very strong effort of the state of Turkey to produce the Kurdish movement as a military movement. Mm -hmm. They wanted to suppress any form of societal expression, of societal organization of the Kurdish movement and organize it, reduce it again to a military movement. And that's why uh, in or after um, June uh, 2015 when the HDP managed to surpass the threshold and, and really showed its uh, political potential that um, the Turkish state 
started a ruthless military campaign. Yeah. A campaign in order to produce the PKK as a military movement. Were they success? I don't think I don't think they have been successful. They have been. They, they, of course, the Kurdish movement have been have been severely uh, uh, suppressed by, uh, by 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 this new or by this 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 politics of the state of Turkey or of the AKP, with thousands of people being imprisoned, with the mayors being removed from their uh, post, with MPs. Uh, being uh, Im imprisoned and in spite of that in spite of those two years of full-scale war and suppression the uh, HDP managed to uh, uh, in the last elections uh, in uh, in June to uh, to surpass the threshold again and to yeah. get almost 12% of the votes in a playing field which is unequal uh, in spite of all the irregularities which also occurred, they still managed to get that 12% at least of the uh, of the of the popular vote. So I would say that the uh, the state strategy in that respect has uh, has failed. Um, at the same time, we have we have to acknowledge that many of the NGOs, uh, the civil society organizations, organizations that existed before, have been banned. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that the uh, resilience within the Kurdish movement is is, is is that strong that at the moment that uh, um, that 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 the state takes a step back, they will push forward again. Um, so I don't think uh, they, uh, they they succeeded, and um, the, the the main the main uh, the main problem is uh, until when uh, this um, well I would say state of exception is going to uh, is going to continue, uh, but it will not continue. It will at, at some point it will uh, it will end, and uh, at some point. This uh, this regime of fear and this regime of violence will also come to an end. Perfect. Uh, very last question: Do you think that the PKK can propose uh, an alternative for the Middle East in terms of leftist politics uh, after what we saw in uh, uh, in Arab Spring in the Iranian uh, Green Movement in? Gezi Park resistance in uh, Istanbul and many other small uh, uh, social movements, incredible shows of people's power in the uh, in the Middle East on the streets. Maybe very briefly, what do you think about uh, uh, like the uh, possibility of the PKK's? Uh, uh, proposing alternative for the current chaos in the Middle East through this democratic confederalism and democratic community building, democratic autonomy? Well, I, I think they all already showed uh, that they are able to do that. Um, uh, when uh, when the uh, when uh, Mimbic was liberated, but also when uh, Raqqa was liberated, 
or before they were, these cities were liberated, people said uh, the Kurds will not be able to do that because um, the population in those areas, which is predominantly non-Kurdish, will not accept it. And I think what we have seen uh, over the last few years, that they are able to, uh, to make a, a, a huge contribution to, this libera to the liberations of these uh, cities. And they are able to do that, not because they, with their force, will control these uh, cities, but because they, with their ideas also, are able to inspire people in different parts of Syria to uh, organize themselves uh, in the spirit of democratic autonomy or the spirit of democratic confederalism. By organizing themselves and taking uh, um, the responsibility over their own affairs, uh, including self-defense. So I think that in the context of, uh, of Syria, they have shown to be a, 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 a good alternative a, uh, a determinant alternative for the sectarian nationalism which is spread by the Assad regime, which is spread by ISIS, which is spread by, uh, by Turkey. So in that sense they are an alternative for that. Uh, at the same time I think that we see that others in the Middle East recognize this as something very valuable. Uh, we have seen uh, people in Afghanistan, we have seen the, uh, women in Afghanistan going to the into the street to support the struggle for Kobani, to support the struggle for uh, Afrin, to support the Kurdish uh, movement. So, so the, 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 the progressive forces in, uh, in Afghanistan, they recognize this as, as important. Um, but also in Latin America, we see that, uh, that movements and peoples recognize this as a progressive struggle mm -hmm. and express their solidarity. The only thing is that many of the movements, the political parties, the progressive or the so-called leftist political parties in, the, in, in Europe and North America, they don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they don't recognize it says a lot about themselves and how far they have moved away from a progressive conception of, uh, of, uh, of politics, how far they have moved away from um, the idea that uh, another world is uh, possible. Thank you very much, Jobs. Thank That's you very been great. Much. Thank you. The final uh, song that I have chosen for uh, this uh, episode dedicated to Navroz is a song by Koma Barkhodan and it's called Navroz and uh, Koma Barkhodan is one of the uh, music groups uh, that uh, grow uh, in the PKK in the mountains and then later in, uh, in diaspora in Europe and uh, some of the early members of uh, Koma Barkhodan actually uh, died in uh, military operations by the Turkish uh, army against uh, the PKK camps in, in the mountains. Uh, most of the uh, songs by Koma Barkhodan are revolutionary uh, or patriotic uh, Kurdish. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my uh, interview with Yust uh, and uh, I would like to say that uh, this interview was uh, recorded uh, in the summer of 2018 
and it was actually recorded in our balcony in our house and uh, uh, the quality of uh, the sound is not what we expected to uh, to be and there are some noises in the background so uh, sorry about all of those noises uh, enjoy Nevroz by Koma uh, Yeah. 